Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two, one. We are at beautiful Oriole Park at Camden Yards here for a special edition of Mass and All Access. Paul Mancano and Brendan Mortensen. We are running this show back a day after we are recording it, so things will be a little bit out of date. But we're putting it on our podcast platforms as well. So if you subscribe to the Mass and All Access podcast, you will find it there because we have a very special episode today. Brendan, we are going to be talking about Ryan Mountcastle's case for the Rookie of the Year. We're going to be reviewing our season predictions that we made a mere six months ago. And most importantly, we're going to have the three award winners for the Orioles Minor League Awards. That includes Kyle Stowers, Adley Rutschman, and one Grayson Rodriguez. Brendan, we have a packed show today. We do, and and hopefully people are going to skip right by how bad those early season predictions were. Yeah. Because my goodness... Were they wrong? But you know what? It's a, it's going to be a fun show either way. Well, we're saving that for last so exactly. that we have the fewest listeners by that point. Hopefully enough people will have dropped off right. by that point. That's that's just smart planning. Uh, so we're, we're very excited to talk to these guys. Uh, obviously, three guys that we've talked to before, but three outstanding seasons from these three. We don't have to talk about it too much just yet, but th- certainly three deserving candidates. We talked about before, uh, you know, about a week ago, who would win these awards, and we said you have to give it to Adley Rutschman considering how good he was at double a and then getting the call up to triple a and he's just continued where he left off and then kyle stowers not out of nowhere because he was a second round pick but what a season he had going across three different levels of the organization and mashing at all three yeah i mean adley rutschman is the number one prospect in all of baseball grayson rodriguez is the number one pitching prospect in all of baseball kyle stowers is really the one where like yeah he was a pretty good orioles outfield prospect but i don't think anybody expected stowers to have the season that he had this year so the fact that he is the third guest out of those three is pretty special from kyle stowers the only one that we thought might sneak into that list that did not probably drew rum a great season from the lefty who had started out the season i think at high a or at low a single aberdeen a single a aberdeen then went to high a Sorry, I'm getting confused here. Single A Delmarva, high A Aberdeen, going back to my, you know, the old days. Right. And then ended the season at double A Bowie, and he had a, an ERA under three and a half. We thought that that might be enough to get him into the conversation, but uh, they just end up splitting the minor league player of the year, not pitcher of the year, like they did two years ago when they did Grayson Rodriguez and Mike Bauman. Yeah, beginning of the year was kind of like sneaky good numbers from Drew Rahm, and then by the end of the season, it wasn't sneaky anymore. He's moved his way up in the Orioles' prospect rankings, and he has now solidified himself as one of the better left-handed pitching prospects for the O's. And he he started the third and, unfortunately, final game for the Bowie Bay Sox in the uh, no longer Eastern League, the AA Northeast Playoffs Championship Series in which uh, they lost, but that was because the bullpen kind of, you know, fumbled down the stretch. But Drew Rahm ended his season on a scoreless streak. So, you know, great season despite the fact that he didn't get the award. But, Brendan, speaking of awards, going to young guys. Let's talk about Ryan Mountcastle. We have avoided this conversation for as long as possible because realistically, for a, long, for a large portion of the season, Ryan Mountcastle was not one of the best rookies in the American League. He started out the season incredibly slow. First month of the season, he was hitting under the Mendoza line. 
We saw his struggles out in left field. And he turned it on the middle part of the season, but we said his cumulative numbers are not there yet. That conversation has changed over the last month plus. Yeah, because he's been fantastic at the plate. The defensive numbers don't really matter at this point for Ryan Mountcastle because he's been so good. I don't know if the offense has been good enough to push him over the top, which is crazy to say because there's a chance that Ryan Mountcastle could lead all American League rookies in home runs, RPIs, and potentially OPS by the end of the season. I think he still trails Randy Arozarena in that category, but he could lead all three and still potentially not win American League Rookie of the Year. And part of it is his defense. So you look at some of the, the contenders for the American League Rookie of the Year. You mentioned probably the favorite right now, which is of the Tampa Bay Rays, Randy Arozarena, who at the time of this recording, he's sitting 273. He's got 19 homers. He's got 16 stolen bases, which leads all American League rookies. He's got an 810 OPS, which leads all American League rookies, and a 3.8 baseball reference war, which is utterly ridiculous. We saw this coming when he he finished out the 2020 postseason with the kind of run that he did. Uh, But at this point, you compare his stats to where Ryan Mountcastle is, and Mountcastle isn't that far off. 258 average, 31 homers, so he's got 12 more homers than a Rosarena, 84 RBIs, and 800 OPS, so 10 points lower than a Rosarena's. The major difference comes in the advanced stats, and it's because of Mountcastle's defense. Uh, He has a war just under one, according to baseball reference. And a large part of that is due to the fact that he's playing first base, which is a much less important defensive position than a Rosarain in the outfield, and because of how poor he poorly he started the season in left field defensively. Yeah, the offensive stats are comparable for those two, but Randy Rosarena also plays a very solid defensive corner outfield. And the other thing with Randy Rosarena, I feel like this conversation kind of happens more with MVP voting in terms of can an MVP be from a a bad team like a Juan Soto in the National League he might not win the NL MVP even though he has crazy numbers because the Washington Nationals are not competitive at this point Ryan Mountcastle is obviously on the last place Orioles in the AL East Randy Orozarena is on a Rays team that has surprised a lot of people and is going to win the AL East this year and will probably make a decent playoff push so you've got to take that into consideration probably less so than MVP but I think it it's still worth mentioning when you're talking about Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I do think it shouldn't really matter that much in theory because rookies not 99 times out of 100, rookies not going to carry a team. Right, it's not the MVP conversation. Right, whereas you need to be the most valuable player on a playoff team because the team needs to be good. You need to carry a good team in theory. Um, and you can debate that. You know, Mike Trout has won the MVP in seasons where they haven't made the playoffs. And right. Juan Soto, you mentioned, is certainly a candidate, and he deserves to be despite his team's uh, struggles. But the in in this conversation, I think it's just another thing. You, you can't knock Mountcastle for this, but you can give credit to a Rosarena for being a large piece of a very, very good team. Right, and he is consistently one of the most important parts of that Rays lineup yes. that is winning a lot of games. So I think when you're voting for Rookie of the Year, are you going to vote for a very important piece in an Orioles lineup or a very important piece in a Rays lineup? And I think Randy Rosarena gets the edge there. And of course, yeah, the defense that you mentioned. And right. in terms of other candidates for the award, and you talk about where Mountcastle fits, assuming he's not going to win the thing, Uh, You talk about Adolis Garcia, who we've seen at Camden Yards. He's with the Texas Rangers recently. Uh, 244 average. He's got one fewer homer than Mountcastle, 30. 
Uh, he's got a 746 OPS, so a little bit less. He is the only one in this group that made the All-Star game. Uh, part of that was due to the fact that he had a you know Texas Rangers team that is not very good. They needed right. a representative. He's but he has a much higher WAR than Mountcastle, uh, 3.5. He also plays in the outfield, but he's better defensively than Mountcastle is at this point, and he plays a, a better defensive position. He might finish. He's had a bad second half. I think he's hitting 216 since July 1st, but he might have done enough in the first half to earn himself second in MVP voting. Yeah. And or, th- or third or fourth. Right. And the only issue there, again, those two are more comparable because, again, it's it's a valuable piece in a lineup on a bad team. And even if they finish with comparable offensive stats, Adolis Garcia is still giving you more value defensively than Ryan Mountcastle is. I know Mountcastle has improved at first base, and I still think there's a chance that he beats out Garcia, but it's really tough to ignore the war. Yeah. I know we want to look at the offensive stats and praise Ryan Mountcastle for them because they are very good stats. And again, he might lead all American League rookies in home runs, RBIs, and maybe OPS by the time the year is done. But you just can't ignore the advanced stats, and the defense is a large part of that. One guy who compares very well to Ryan Mountcastle, they're right in the same category, Bobby Dahlbeck. Same division, obviously Red Sox, first baseman, doesn't play very well defensively. Offensive numbers are just a tick below Mountcastle. So far this season, he's hitting 244, 24 homers, so seven fewer, 801 OPS, so one point higher. Uh, but again, it's the defense, 0.3 baseball reference war. So to me, Mountcastle gets the edge over a Bobby Dahlbeck. I think Mountcastle does as well, especially because Dahlbeck has been more inconsistent. I know yeah. Ryan Mountcastle struggled at the beginning of the season, but he's gotten consistently better, whereas Bobby Dahlbeck has had stretches of just not being able to play him. Yeah. So I think Ryan Mountcastle, I would probably give the edge to over Dahlbeck. The other one I would probably give Ryan Mountcastle the edge over, I would personally give him the edge over Shane McClanahan, the pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, who's had pretty good numbers and, again, is a pitcher on a competitive team that's going to make a playoff push but I don't think his numbers are so much better than Mountcastle's in terms of overall value that I would say McClanahan deserves to be a finalist over Mountcastle at that point yeah this is where things get goofy because how do you really compare a pitcher to right a position player and sometimes you have to do it in the MVP race but usually the pitcher has to be utterly dominant yes Uh, Justin Verlander on the Tigers level of dominance in order to consider them a winner for an MVP right Uh, here it's tough in the in the rookie of the year race because what is a pitcher like McClanahan with 120 and a third innings and 344 ERA give you that's a good pitcher yeah he's been pretty good but he hasn't been like otherworldly I would also say Luis Garcia for the Astros has been much better than Shane McClanahan so if you're gonna look at a pitcher I would say Garcia probably has the edge three two three ERA for Luis Garcia 9.6 Ks per nine that's pretty darn good yeah Uh, and it's probably right in the range it's tough to tell at this point but it's probably right in the range of Mountcastle if you were to guess right now what the finish will be for all these guys one two three maybe four Where do you think Mountcastle fits in this, and what would your ballot look like? It's tough. I I think Mountcastle is a fringe finalist. I would put him somewhere in the three or four range. 
I think the toss-up for me comes with where you're ranking Adolis Garcia yeah. and Ryan Mountcastle because the offensive numbers are comparable, but the advanced metrics tend to go towards Adolis Garcia. I think my number one is Randy Arozarena. I think he's yeah. been pretty far and away the best rookie. I would probably give number two to Luis Garcia because he's been a really important part of that Astro staff, and he's had a really good season. 3-4 is where I'd put Garcia and Mountcastle. I think, honestly, I'd give the edge to Garcia just because the defensive numbers are better, the advanced mat- metrics are better, and it, the home runs and RBIs and OPS are going to be pretty comparable at the end of the year. So if the, the numbers are comparable but the advanced stats lean Garcia, I think I'd probably put Garcia third. I would, too. I would put Mountcastle fourth, and it's not just that he has the edge in the advanced numbers in terms of war, and war isn't the end-all, be-all, but... What is it good for? Absolutely nothing, nothing. as they say. Yeah. Uh, but it's he's so far ahead. Right. It's not like it's the difference between 0.9 and 1.4. It's the difference between 0.9 and 3.5. That's a massive difference in yeah. my mind. And to me, that makes up for any difference offensively. So I would probably go with Garcia. But that being said, Garcia is 28. Mountcastle's 24. So... I have faith that Mountcastle will. Oh yeah, I mean, you if know, you're asking me career. which one that I would rather start a franchise yeah, with right now, I'd say Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah. So the the point being, the award, you know, is great and all, but it really doesn't it it, it doesn't really matter ultimately in however many years. It's a right. nice piece of pl- uh, you know metal you can put on your mantelpiece, but it really comes down to how good are you going to be for this team going forward and right. Even if even if Mountcastle does not finish in the top three, you have a lot of faith that he is going to be a significant piece of your lineup for years to come. Yeah, and Mountcastle, I believe, is younger than a Rosarena as well. I think so. I think a Rosarena is 25, 26. Yes. So, so of the American League hitters, yeah. Ryan Mountcastle has had the best season of a 24-year-old. Yeah. Well, maybe there are some candidates that the Orioles have in the stadium today who could win Rookie of the Year next year. Adley Rutschman, Kyle Stowers, Grayson Rodriguez, we will talk to them next. We're joined now by the minor league award winners, Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and Kyle Stowers. And I feel like handing this off to Adley because he seems ready to host this show. The way that you've been handling that mic and uh, you asked if we were live. Are you, you ready yeah, to be the host? Let's for go this? for the intro. Oh, okay. Well, I'm ready to go. How's it going? We're back with Mass in here. We got Kyle Stowers, Grayson Rodriguez here, co-player of the year, pitcher of the year, ready to get into it, chop it up a little bit. Excited with these guys. Let's get to it. Why? I have. It's been my been my word to go to. Chop it up. Well, you started your press conference down in the dugout just now by saying, "Let's get this started." Do you do you feel like you were doing about a million interviews a week? I feel like being the number one prospect in baseball. Have are you getting used to this? Is this second hat, or do you still get do you get nervous for any of this stuff? Um, no, I, I just try and have a good time with it. I think I wasn't saying let's get it started to get it over with. I no, just, no, I know. I was excited. Yeah. <laughs> it was an exciting statement. It, it did not come off as you were trying to get things. I don't done. like how he always assumes he's the leader. That's what we I have. have a, that's what I, he's got, that's what I have a problem with. He's got the age on you. That's right. I am your elder. Men- mentally, year. mentally, no. <laughs> and Grayson is the only one in a full suit at this. This point. is true. Did, You're right that, about that. That's a certain level it, of prestige. Right so there. for those who Absolutely. are just listening and not watching, Grayson, you were in a full suit. Full Last, suit. Two years ago, you came to the ballpark. You had crocodile shoes. Two years ago, I was just telling him this. 
I was kind of in a little Texas look, you know, khaki pants, alligator boots, nice button down. Well, everybody else was in a full suit. And so then I was the one that got made fun of for not wearing a suit. So this year it was, it was, I was going to wear a suit. That was, that was, that was certain. Okay. Well, you guys did not coordinate apparently because you guys just went with the button downs. It's a warm day. But do you guys feel underdressed, Kyle Stowers, Adley Rutschman? Hey, this is overdressed for me. I'm, you know, I'm usually in t-shirt and shorts and sandals. So, yeah, <laughs> gotta let the flow out though. Every yeah, now and again. Yeah, it's my first day without a hat in a long time. So, <laughs> Adley, I mean, I feel comfortable right now. Uh, me and Kyle look great. I don't know about Grayson. Um, his head's been getting pretty big lately. I feel um, great. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, well, uh, Grayson, <laughs> let's. We just saw you a week ago in uh, at the end of the season in Bowie. Before your last start of the season, I saw you in the uh, bullpen crush a Red Bull right before you took the mound. Is that a common occurrence for you before your starts? So I did that at the beginning of this year. <laughs> I, drank, I was coming out of the bullpen, slammed the Red Bull, crushed it on my head, uh, had a good game. So then every start after that is the same you know, little uh, thing that happens is slam the Red Bull, crush it on the head, and a hard slam into the trash can, and then... You know, we're good. We're good to go. Uh, is that something, do you feel it after a while, of certain slams against the head? No. Um, like he stated just a second ago, the head's getting pretty big. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think the can, you know, can really hurt it or, or make it worse. We also saw you tossing around a football pregame. Is that just kind of a ritual thing? Have you been doing that for a while? No. So that's, that's something I've done kind of the last two years. Um, and then really started doing it before the games this year. Um, you know, it's really helped me get loose. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's had a big impact on uh, in my season uh, and how I felt. Who's QB1 on Bowie? That'd be our strength coach, John Medici. Um, yeah, he's QB1. Um, I, I see myself as, as, as wide receiver one. So um, I mean, I feel like you could be a tight end. Yeah, um, there's a mix height. there. We'd have to put on a few pounds. Um, I've seen him out there. He brings out the gloves. Yeah, you know, and I, then I brings saw, out a helmet. I had the gloves, and then, of course, um, the helmet Justin Tucker gave me. Um, yeah. I might have put a purple visor in it, and <laughs> we've been rolling with that every game. So. Who's your NFL comp? NFL comp? Yeah. There's not one because I'd be my own animal. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> so sticking with the Justin Tucker question, Adley, back in the day you were quite the kicker. You hit a 63-yarder, right? So on Sunday, Justin Tucker hits the 66-yard game-winning field goal. Adley Rutschman lining up from 66 yards. Are you making that kick to win the game? Uh, no, I'm washed up now. But, I mean, in, back Ball in my prime. flies in Oregon. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, back in my prime, you know, I – I'd give it a good run, um, but it was that was definitely impressive. It was, it was cool to watch. I mean, that hit the crossbar, so I feel like if you could hit, did your kick from 63 go straight through, or did it hit the crossbar? Yeah, there's probably like six, seven yards of, you know. <laughs> so you're of, hitting uh, from like 71 at that point. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're saying high school Adley was peak. Peak. Absolutely, I peaked in high school. High school Adley was the <laughs> greatest kicker in NFL history. Peaked in high school. Uh, I heard it here first. Christian McCaffrey. You know, yeah, that's right, right. Mm -hmm. And you, you, uh, off on the kickoff, right, at Oregon State. Yep, yep. Wow, I think uh, I think I draft you on my fantasy football team. Just saying, I think you could do that. Yeah. Um, all right, so I want to ask about Adley and Kyle, your friendship, because did you guys know each other when you're playing in the Pac-12 back in your college days? Yeah, I, I can take this one. Well, he probably has something to say too. But um, we <laughs> <laughs> we actually met um, in high school. We played uh, uh, in North Carolina together for a. Uh, USA baseball event and uh, that was the start of it and 
uh, my freshman year when I pinch hit on a Sunday when we were down about six or seven or ten. Um, I looked at Rutch and I go, hey, Adley. And he goes, hey, Kyle. And I think so every time we played each other during college, we said what's up. And um, my college roommate, uh, they knew each other in high school. So uh, that's kind of how we stayed connected. And, and we made fast friends when we got into the organization together. Nice. So, Adley, would you like to add to that after Kyle just shut you down there? No, that's well said uh, by a Stanford graduate. So I'm going to let him have that one. Yeah, I mean, is there any competitive uh, Oregon State-Stanford kind of competition going on here? I, I can't say anything because they, they kind of beat us a lot my years there. Um, I just talk about the other sports. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take that as well. Yeah, I can confirm that. Leveled Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so, Grayson, we'll, we'll go to some baseball questions here. You were mentioned in the, in the press conference, you were talking about using your off-speed a little bit more and, and working the four quadrants a little bit more. Can you talk about that a little bit more? And obviously everybody talks about your fastball, but how has your off-speed stuff progressed this year? Um, you know, he'd probably be the best one to ask about that. Um, you know, he's back there catching it. And to him, it's really not that good. But, you know, just being able to, just being able to throw it, you know, whenever he called it. Um, you know, we'd be in some counts where I'm thinking fastball and he calls a curveball, and we throw a curveball and it's a strikeout. So, you know, sometimes he might be smarter than me. Um, I don't like to think that all the time. But, you know, just being able to throw off speed, you know, whenever. So, Adley, from your perspective, what have you seen from him this year and, and his growth? Yeah, I think uh, his ability to really just move the fastball around and then work his pitches off of that and just really throw any pitch at any count. Uh, it's really impressed me. It's it's been fun to catch all year, and um, also to you know to see the antics of the Red Bull and and all the other stuff that comes along with him being you know self-proclaimed the butcher when he uh, is on a start day. So it's it's been yeah the butcher. yeah. Let's hear about this nickname a little bit the more. The butcher. Uh, that's Grayson's nickname for himself, and uh, yeah, I mean he's uh, he's a different beast on game day and when he starts, and uh, it's fun to it's fun to see him see him work, and um, it's just. I'm just back there basically coasting because he makes it super easy. So. so, Grayson, let's elaborate on that nickname a little bit more. So, one day um, we were in our pre our pregame meeting, our advanced scouting meeting, and, you know, Buck and Ramsey, all our coaches are in there, and uh, they asked me, they go ahead and say, well, what jerseys are we wearing? So then I go on to give a little speech about how butchers wear white. Um, things get a little nasty in there. So, you know, we rolled with that. Um, you know, and then I think there were a few shirts made about it. Um, but so when I would show up, when I'd show up on my start days, everybody would call me the butcher. All right. How do you I feel like about it. the gas cans? The gas cans, I loved it. Uh, it was a little different. Um, but, no, I, I definitely loved it. Uh, you know, that was something that, you know, my younger brother thought was cool and my parents. All right, Kyle, any nicknames, self-proclaimed or otherwise, that you've been given? I wouldn't say self-proclaimed, but Stowie Powie was always one of them. Uh, I think the hashtag started at Stanford uh, my sophomore year when I had a couple home runs, and that's kind of the one that's uh, stuck with me. In terms of your power, I mean, you didn't put up ridiculous power numbers at, at Stanford, but then this season has been ridiculous from a power standpoint. Is that something that you came into the year hoping to improve was your power, or did that just come naturally? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, Northern California, up in the Bay Area, the ball doesn't fly like it does in Oregon. Um, so, you know, Rutch wouldn't have kicked the 63-yarder in the Bay. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I've always had it in me, and um, just kind of this year the ball has just gone over the fence a little more. I've gotten a lot stronger, I think, 
<clears throat> just the year from uh, year off, I had a lot of chance to, to dedicate in the weight room and uh, um, get stronger. What's the next step for you? And we'll go down the line as well because you you guys are looking ahead to the off season. Obviously, Norfolk season's still going on, but are you starting to evaluate how your season has gone on and areas that you want to improve upon? Um, I I mean I always looking for ways to get better I think uh, first and foremost mentally um, just figuring out uh, how to continue to be, be resilient um, you know through the ups and downs of a season how to how to handle a full season is this is my first time playing a full one so that's a, a big thing for me I still think room physically to get stronger uh, maybe a little bit uh, faster would be nice uh, but then um, yeah, I think those are some big things for me. I, I feel like I'm, you know, still have so much room to grow and get better. So I think that's what's exciting. And I feel like everyone would say the, the same thing about um, themselves down the line that we're, we're just uh, hopefully scratching the surface. Yeah, Adley, how about you? Yeah, I, I just going along with that, I think it's it's always good to have another year of development in the weight room and just to get your body right after a long season. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And then just, you know, small, small things with swing and, and catching wise, um, so I'll have some time to do that, and it'll be good. Uh, I'm gonna pass along to Grayson. <laughs> Perfect. What host, was Adley. the question again? <laughs> uh, the yeah, uh, off-season plans for uh, how you anything you want to improve upon or anything you have bookmarked. Um, you know, I would say along the lines of what they were just saying. You know, um, whether it be like strength and conditioning, um, you know, that's always a must uh, for pitchers. Um, Strong part of you know building a healthy arm, uh, you know starts in the off season. Um, so being able to come out, you know a lot stronger than we were last year. Uh, velo numbers, uh, you know hopefully those increase as well, and you know just come out and have a healthy season. You mentioned the velo numbers. Do you happen to know your spin rate for your fastball offhand? Is that memorized? Um, no, I don't really necessarily pay a lot of attention to spin rate. Um, there's some other little metrics that we look at. Um, but yeah, what, no, what not off metrics, the top of my head. If you don't mind me, uh, um, that would be uh, you know vertical induced break or a hop. Uh, me and DL like to call them bunnies. So uh, I did hear that in Bowie. So yeah, yeah. so uh, focusing on bunnies and uh, I don't know, just kind of just kind of how the pitch is moving. Do you have those numbers memorized? Your hop? Yeah, so you know we're anywhere from about 20 to 22 uh, on average. Um, you know that's. That's kind of where me and him have both been at. 22 uh, inches, right? Yeah. Gotcha. And that's for your fastball? Gotcha. So, Adley, obviously you've caught him a good amount this year. Are there any other pitchers in the system that you've spent a, a good amount of time with that have really impressed you throughout the year? Um, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of a lot of good talent coming up. And obviously, Grayson's, he's right there at the front of it. Um, but... Gosh, over over the course of this year, it's been it's been a blast. I mean, the guys we got in Norfolk right now are doing a phenomenal job. The guys we had in Bowie when I was there, uh, it's just been an overall really fun year to see these guys and see them grow. And everyone's just so bought into what we're doing right now, which is what makes it so enjoyable. Is because everyone's on the same page. We're all working in the same unison and whatnot. So um, I'm looking forward to next year and um, just seeing what it brings. Uh, one question for Adley. You had two triples in back-to-back -back games, was it? Yeah. We all know that you are very highly rated in a lot of areas. Speed is not your highest rated tool. Are people underselling your speed? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. You know, <laughs> I got wheels. Um, you know, it takes me a little bit to get going, but once the train's rolling, uh, you know, we get to third. Uh, but 
Grayson yeah. looks like he's. If I, yeah, I mean, I, I think the speed is there. Um, <laughs> I know there was one point this year, Adley hits a ball maybe down the line, legs out the double, um, innings over, immediately comes in the dugout, walks. I mean, just on a line to me, and goes, "How fast did I look right there?" I said, "Pretty <laughs> fast." He said, "I felt fast." He said, "I felt faster than anything." He goes, <laughs> "He goes, they have got my speed wrong." On everything. Wow. Yeah, he said, uh, you know. He must have seen I Christian said, McCaffrey ahead of him. I, I said, then, Rutch, you looked really fast. And he said, well, great, I felt fast. <laughs> so, I mean, 40 yard was, dash times, who's winning here? Me. Kyle? That was quick. Can I add anything? 40, 40 yards, it would take me about three steps with my legs. <laughs> yeah. So, the, ground, the ground's getting covered. Yeah. Uh, well, we've taken enough, up enough of your time with these ridiculous questions. We do have one parting gift for Grayson. Sorry we didn't get anything for you, Adley or Kyle. But uh, I don't know if you want to walk around with this the rest of the time, but we spent 20 bucks on it. So here's, <laughs> a, here's a, a gas, gas can. This is a prime gas that can. Down. I was thinking it would be cool if, you know, you just walked on the field and Flammable. just presented it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I might carry it out with me later to accept the award. There's nothing in should. there. Well, this is the you real could, award today. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. We should this have decorated is, it with like glitter. I mean, we this is like an early Christmas present. <laughs> when you this is that's that's yeah. great. I just hope when they show you during the broadcast, like in the booth or wherever you guys are, that you're lifting that thing up I'll like carry, Simba. Hold it up, Simba. Okay. Style. All right. Well, then you're gonna hear it here. I'll carry this around with me today. All right. So Perfect. it'll it'll be out onto the field too. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, hope you enjoy your time at, at Camden Yards on a beautiful night here. Thank you. Thank, thank you very you much. Well, that was enjoyable. Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and Kyle Stowers. Hands down, our most fun interview oh, yeah. of the season. Um, all right, we're going to turn the page over to, first off, before we even do that, Brendan, anything stuck out to you from what they said, the ridiculous nature <laughs> of the things that They're they were saying? They're just fun. I mean, you can just tell that they really enjoy playing the game together and being yeah. teammates together. Adley, even in his press conference before the game, a lot of his answers when they were asking him about, you know, the organization as a whole, he was just talking about the people. Yes. Like it was just good people to be around, and it was good teammates. And it seems like a lot of what they're building is like, yes, they've got good baseball players, but they've also got a lot of good individuals on the team, which is clearly really important, as you saw with those three guys and how they get along. That's how you're going to build a winning team. They're friends. And those, yeah. it's not just the top guys. It's not the top guys and everybody else. It's a true organizational right. thing where these guys are close and they've come up together and the hope is that they're going to come up and win together right. very fun stuff from yeah. from all three of those guys and just like this is how like all three of them are so confident in a good way and it, it honestly that's what you need is that kind of confidence and i think that's what fans are looking forward to seeing from these guys is they're going to come up and and be the second third fourth best players on the team potentially yeah. depending on who the orioles sign in free agency so they're going to come up and they're going to be – there will be veteran leaders in the clubhouse, but they're, they're going to come up and they're going to, from day one, be looked upon by the fan base as the future of the team. Right, and you can tell, especially with guys like Adley and Grayson, I mean, Adley is built to be the yes. leader in a clubhouse. Grayson Rodriguez is built to be the leader of a pitching rotation. Yeah. They've just got it. And, and, and you know, you never want to – we don't know these guys, obviously, as well as – people were in you know friends and family but from our perspective you know it does take a certain kind of person to be a number one overall right. pick to be a number one prospect in all of baseball it not everybody can handle it we've seen cases where guys can't handle it or guys 
aren't wired the right way to do it. It's difficult to do to handle that kind of pressure. And so far, he appears to understand the pressure and be able to deal with it very right. well. Um, all right, let's talk about our season predictions because they're Whew. pretty putrid. We do have they a are few pretty games awful. left in the season, so you know, not 100% sure on all these statistics, but we have a good idea of who's won and right. who hasn't. Let's start with our uh, MVO prediction. We both predicted before the season started that uh, most valuable Oriole will go to Trey Mancini. We weren't that far off. I mean, Cedric no. Mullins is running away with the award, but Mancini has been one of the better players this season. Right, and I think a lot of that when we first were going over the most valuable Oriole was Trey Mancini might not have the best season statistically for the Baltimore Orioles, but when you're talking about most valuable, obviously his story and his comeback and, and just what he means to the team was going to play into that a little bit. So that was a lot of our decision going into that being that he was also going to be one of the better players on the team as well. So, But obviously, again, a lot of these are going to be the same answer, which yes. is that nobody saw the season that Cedric Mullins had coming, and he's just surprised everybody. Yeah. Uh, average, we, we predicted in terms of statistical leaders for this team. And we start with batting average, who would lead the team in batting average by the end of the season. I said Mancini. You said Mountcastle. That's going to be Cedric Mullins, whether yeah. he hits 300 or not this season. Yeah, he's leading the team in batting average. Home runs, uh, I, we both said Mancini there. That's going to be either Ryan Mountcastle or Cedric Mullins, which is yeah. ridiculous. Yep. Mountcastle, I think, was going to be our second pick. Then maybe Santander. But right now, Mountcastle has 31. Mullins has 30. So the fact that he is among the team leaders is utterly absurd. Yeah, and I mean, Ryan Mountcastle last year showed more average than he showed power. He still had good power, but I still thought Trey Mancini might come back and, and hit more home runs than Ryan Mountcastle. Mountcastle has shifted a little bit away from the average to more so of being that more prototypical power-hitting first baseman, which is a good thing for the Baltimore Orioles, I would say. You want more yes. power out of Ryan Mountcastle, even if the average falls off a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think that... There will be a spot for that kind of hitter in this Always. lineup, yeah. uh, especially in years to come. And if it's going to come from a position, first base is the position, or DH, that or it should come with. corner outfield, or but cor yeah. that didn't work out. So. Yeah. Well, you might have some more power hitters, i.e. Kyle Stowers. This is true. As a corner outfielder. Uh, OPS, we, I, we both said Ryan Mountcastle. Cedric Mullins has the lead. I think he's going to take that one home. Yep. Uh, stolen bases, we both correctly predicted Mullins. That one was pretty obvious. Yep. Starter ERA. This is where things get ugly. We both said oh Dean Kramer. Yeah. John Means is the leader in starter ERA. We could not have been more wrong about Dean Kramer, unfortunately. And that's not to say, like we've said on this show before, that Kramer will not be a good starter long term. But this was, unfortunately, uh, a difficult, difficult year for Dean Kramer. The stuff was just so intriguing with Dean Kramer coming into the season. Truthfully, I think... Both of us picking starter ERA was a little bit of a case of, like, all right, we don't want to pick John Means for every category. I think we got a little cute with it, picking Dean Kramer for starter ERA. But the stuff was there. He still had the potential. So it, it didn't seem like an outlandish pick at the time. But you know, you we never, got a little ahead of ourselves. You never want to go all chalk. And right. Means came into the season as the odds-on favorite. So yeah, we wanted to mix it up. Right. Uh, in terms of wins... John Means is tied with Matt Harvey right now. In with six, we both predicted Means. This is only because Means missed so many games in the right. middle of the season. I don't think either of us would have said that Matt Harvey would 
be tied for the team lead in wins, and also means has really been on the uh, wrong end of some unfortunate right. losses. Yeah, and, and this goes back to probably an argument that was more valid a few years ago. If you're still looking at pitcher wins, what, it what are we doing? Anything. What are we doing? Uh, yeah, uh, saves. I had Tanner Scott. He was not used in a closer role. I thought maybe there's a chance he was not. You had Cesar Valdez. Cesar Valdez has the team lead in saves right now with eight. It, which is surprising because I thought Cole at this point it would either be one of Cole Solcer or Tyler Wells, but that's you, really just a case of the Orioles have had a revolving door of closers. This yeah, year. remember at the beginning of the season when they were getting some wins? He was the closer up in Boston for the yeah. opening weekend, and he got a save there. He got some big saves early in the season, and he his contributions might be forgotten because of how much time he he missed. Right. Uh, all right, standings predictions. We both got the the same order of the AL East. We said Yankees, uh, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, Orioles. Missed out on the Rays being the best team in the division. We thought, you know, they don't have Blake Snell anymore. To be fair, Surely I think this we team both the said that the Rays would be better than their Vegas win total yes, going we, into I the I think year. we both thought they would be a wild card team, but right. my goodness. Yeah. That team is a machine. Yes. Uh, and then debut date predictions. We were pretty woefully off on a few of these and part of it is not I, I can tell you know to make an excuse for us there were injuries along the way and there were some poor performances in the minor league some Yusniel Diaz we thought would make his debut we both said in July he did not debut Ryland Bannon uh, we bo- both thought would debut this year he did not uh, and I don't expect him to in the final couple days of the season uh, Ryan McKenna we were pretty close with you, I was, at least. So I'm going to toot my own horn. <laughs> I was not. You yeah. said July 4th. I said opening day, and he ended up debuting a few days afterwards, April 5th. I'll give myself the win there. Yeah. Uh, Zach Lowther, you said July 4th. I said April 20. Uh, no, sorry. I said August 6th. He ended up debuting April 25th, if you recall. Came up for a save and then went back down for a long time. Weird situation. But yeah. we'll give that one to you. You were closer to the pole there. Uh, Mike Bauman, you said July 10th. I said September 1st. He debuted September 7th. Pretty close. Yeah, pretty good. Alexander Wells, you did not think was going to debut this season. I did. So I give myself more yep. credit there. I'm winning this category in case you you're are. keeping track at yep. home. Kevin Smith, you thought he would. I said, nope. Doesn't look like that's happening. Isaac Matson, you thought he would debut opening day. I said June 28th. He ended up debuting May 7th. Toss up. Isaac Matson, unfortunately, didn't have the kind of impact on this season that we thought he would right he's been spending a lot of time in norfolk and some time injured we thought he might be a fixture in this bullpen yeah i didn't think matson was going to be you know a closer or anything like that i didn't think he'd be a high leverage guy but i think we both thought isaac matson would be pretty steady in the bullpen at least yeah and he he was not a factor unfortunately uh and then adley rutschman we both thought would debut this year did not did not debut unfortunately so on to next year we think that's a possibility Look, I put, when we did the birds game in terms of percentages, I put 100 birds on Adley Rutschman debuting this year. Didn't uh, happen. Did not happen. So, But he did a show with us here. He which did. Which is, is really better than making good. your major league debut. I mean, if I think not he better. had more fun doing this than he ever will on a baseball field. I would agree. I would tend to agree. And, Where know. else is he going to get hard-hitting questions about if he could hit a Justin Tucker-length field goal? Yeah. Certainly not on opening day. Ball flies f- farther in uh, Oregon, according to Apparently. Kyle Stowers. According to Kyle Stowers, he's not a, hitting that ball in Stanford. Taken. Loved that. There were a lot of shots being thrown around. Yeah, love that yeah. rivalry. Um, all right, and then finally, we did the little game before the season. 
to if you recall, go back and watch our shows. You know, or don't. Doesn't matter. Oh, to us. Or don't. Yeah. Uh, nobody does anyway. Uh, that we predicted, or we drafted rather, the Orioles' forty-man roster at the time with a couple additions, um, and we said basically there were guys right before the season began that were not on the 40-man roster that we expected. Matt Harvey, if you recall, signed a minor league deal, so he wasn't on the 40-man, ended up making the team. We went back and forth. We drafted teams, and we went back and looked at how much cumulative baseball reference war these two teams have accumulated. And, Brendan, I haven't won a whole lot of games on this show. No, you haven't. I dominate. I, I would like to point that out just before we get into this, that that Paul has not won a lot of the games that we have played Victories on Victories are few podcast. and far between. Yes. And I dominated. You, I, were due, my, you were due for a win. My team had a cumulative war over nine. Yours had a cumulative war of? Uh, it was negative. Negative one point Negative 1.3. You won negative 1.3. Yeah. Your best pick was John Means, you took with the number one overall pick. It was. And he gave you 4.7 war. Yep. Your worst pick? <sighs> it, if I have to really talk about it here, my worst pick was Pat Flink. Yeah. All right. I picked him over Cedric Mullins. I know. Look, I blame myself because I was a self-proclaimed Cedric you Mullins stan account for years. And it's one of those things where, yes, obviously it is a bad pick right now looking back, but it was also a bad pick at the time <laughs> because I got too cute with it. Yeah. And... It's so funny to look back and and go through what my thinking was. I know what my thinking was, which was, well, if I don't take Pat Vileka to play shortstop, then I'm stuck with someone like Ramon Arias, who had a much better season than Pat Vileka. Who was Mr. Irrelevant. Who was Mr. Irrelevant in the that draft. By mean, of course, the last pick in the draft. Right. Taken so by me. My rationale was I have to take Pat Vileka early so that I don't get stuck with Ramon Arias. And my goodness... Uh, was that a poor choice? Well, it's funny because the next pick after Pat Vileko was number 10 overall, and that's when I took Cedric Mullins. And yeah. it was as if God himself whispered in my ear We're and said, deep here. this is the greatest pick you're ever going to make. And I handed that in that card. It feels a little it like, dramatic. It was like the Packers taking Aaron Rodgers. It was you were the Bears taking Mitch Trubisky. It was, you know. Again, feels slightly dramatic, but... You know what? Wait, you needed a if win I'm not on this in podcast. The Hall of Fame for this pick, right? I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, look, you took such a massive L on the uh, All Camden Yards <laughs> draft that I feel like you finished in last. No, I, I believe my team had the most cumulative war, but you know, you, whatever. You, you, according to the the good fans, the, the other voters, podcast, the I other Orioles always, podcasts, I will shamelessly cater to our listeners and voters. I got look. I didn't have the social media savvy team. But the other Orioles podcasts that that tuned in and voted on the teams said that I had the best team. I, I take that as a win. I think the point is we're terrible at making predictions. That is the and point. And this has Correct. been an unpredictable season. Right. Uh, I like how on every podcast we're, we're saying, hey, listen to our podcast. We're terrible at predictions. We, we manifest some stuff. We did. We, we're pretty good at, at yeah. determining roster ridiculously small minuscule roster moves a right. day or two in advance because we're just unfortunately so ingrained. I mean, I you know. Yeah. We need to get alive. Live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but you know what? We had cool prospects on. Tune well, in for that. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs> of course, subscribe to the Mass and All Access podcast for this great content if you don't already. Uh, thanks for watching, 
listening along all season long. We really could not do it without you. And next week we are going to hand out awards for the 2021 Orioles uh, as presented by some Masson, some Orioles talent that you will uh, recognize a lot of names and faces there. So we're really looking forward to an award show. I'm getting dressed up. Brendan is not. And uh, I'm going full tuxedo. What yeah, are you talking about? The, yeah, I'm dropping a dropping a G on this on a on a tux. <laughs> Why yeah. not? Uh, sure. <laughs> Amy Jennings, our great producer today, has heard enough of us speak. So thank you, Amy. And we're going to wrap this up. He's Brendan Morty on Twitter at Brendan Morty on Twitter. Brendan Mortensen is his actual name. I'm at Paul Mancano on Twitter. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next week for the Orioles Awards. <laughs>